LinkedIn Learning is a force in the online course space with hundreds of courses, millions of learners, and a well-oiled machine for putting out great content. I, along with today's guest, Carrie Dills, are fortunate to be longtime instructors for the platform. I invited Carrie on the show to catch up And I thought it would be fun for us to exchange notes on how we come up with ideas for and then record our LinkedIn learning courses. In Build Something More, it gets even more fun as we talk about the courses we thought would do super well, but turned out to, well, not. We talk about a bunch of stuff following the footsteps of people we learn from, how to pitch ideas, and share our love for the recording booths on LinkedIn Learning's campus. And again, if you want to get that ad-free extended version of this conversation and every episode of How I Built It, you can become a member of the Creator Crew over at joincreatorcrew.com. Thanks so much to LearnDash and Text Expander for sponsoring this episode. You'll hear about them later on in the show. But first, let's get to the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast that helps small business owners create engaging content that drives sales. Each week, I talk about how you can build good content faster to increase revenue and establish yourself as an authority I'm your host, Joe Casabona. Now let's get to it. I am here with my good friend, Carrie Dills. She's a LinkedIn learning instructor, as well as so many other things. I forget really when we met, but we worked together at Crowd Favorite, uh, where we have some battle stories um, and, and some good times too. Uh, but Carrie has been a freelancer in the WordPress space for a long time. Um, and she also creates incredible LinkedIn learning courses. And she's here. If you listen to the intro and didn't just skip the first two minutes of the show, uh, she's here because we are going to exchange notes about how we come up with ideas for LinkedIn learning courses and our process for recording those LinkedIn learning courses. If you want some context for how a LinkedIn learning idea becomes a LinkedIn learning course, how a LinkedIn learning bill becomes a LinkedIn learning law, um, check out my interview with uh, Tracy Larvens, uh, which happened last year. That is That will be linked in the show notes. I don't have the episode number for that because I'm a professional. Um, but that'll be in the show notes for this episode over at howibuilt.it slash 268. But I've been talking too long. Let's bring in our guest, Carrie Dills. How are you? Well, I am just fine, Joe Casabona. It is fantastic to be in the same virtual room as you. Why don't uh, you tell us kind of the things that you're, you're up to now? Yeah, so I've been working with LinkedIn Learning, uh, the artist formerly known as Lynda.com, for about seven years now. And I've created numerous courses for them, you might say. Yeah, well, you did say, in fact, I've been prolific there. Um, I'm doing a lot less client work these days, focused more on uh, the educational aspect. And I've actually been working with WP Engine for a few years now. Uh, helping them create some uh, media and training resources um, and enjoying that. So basically, I just like telling people kind of what to do or I suppose how to do things. So. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of both, right? What to do, how to do well, it. You know, you know. Uh, nice. I didn't realize you were working so closely with uh, WP Engine at this point. I know you had been working with them Um but I guess I haven't, I haven't been keeping up. I've been kind of bad at social media. Well, you know, I think... Not having, it's not just a social media thing, but 
whole pandemic and the and not having word camps where we're regularly seeing yeah. our peers and kind of doing that little hallway catch up and uh, catch up over over meals. Um, yeah, I feel a little out of the loop as well. So I think that's normal. Yeah, you know it's it's so interesting. I, it, it's not something you really feel like you miss until you realize how much you miss, right? Like, I mean, again, I talk to like Brian Richards regularly, but a lot of my WordPress friends, I really mostly only saw at, at word camps or meetups or whatever. So it will be, uh, I, you know, I've said I want to do fewer word camps and more like non WordPress industry conferences kind of break out of the WordPress bubble a little bit, but I don't know how much I'll be able to stay away because all like that's, like a reunion with my friends. So we'll see. Right, yeah. right. At some point it becomes uh, less about the actual sessions and more about catching up with uh, your your WordPress loved ones. Yeah. And let's be honest, the only time I feel like I was ever in a, a, a talk was when I was giving it. I don't, I think I spent most of my time in the hallway track. Yes, I am a proponent of the hallway track. Yeah. So that's like, that's where the work, you know, that's where the biz gets done. So. Fact. Uh, yeah, right. Awesome. Um, so you've been making, uh, LinkedIn knee or nay, is it knee? Linda? Uh, nay, Linda. I, nay. I, yeah. Nay. Yay. Nay. <laughs> well, watch me whip you know what? and then watch me nay, nay. <laughs> We're going to leave that to the <laughs> listeners to decide. Yes. Right in. Tweet at me at Jay Casabona. Is it knee or nay? Yes. Um, spell it the right way. So I'll have no idea what you're talking about. Yes. Phonetically. Um, spell it phonetically. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so LinkedIn, formerly LinkedIn Learning, formerly Linda for seven years. How did you, how did you get involved? Cause I needed an in. Um, I guess I didn't need an in, but I had an in with Morton. I basically like said, Hey man, I would love to make LinkedIn learning courses. And he said, when the time is right, I will connect you with the right people. And the time became right a little while later. Oh, that's awesome. Well, my LinkedIn or Linda origin story, maybe uh, similar to yours then as Morton was the one that introduced me. And if anybody's listening to this and does, is not familiar with Morton Rand Hendrickson, uh, please go follow him on Twitter at more and then the number 10. Um, a fantastic, Fantastic fellow. And actually, I, I love this origin story. Uh, so thanks for queuing it up for me. Uh, but when I've, I've been reading like Linda's books since the late 90s um, and have always been a fan of, of her and Linda, an actual human, in case people didn't know that. Um, and then when I was starting to get into the WordPress world, for my birthday one year, uh, my dad gave me a, a year-long subscription to Linda. And it was at that point that uh, I actually took Morton's class, his WordPress course, and some other courses, and really kind of got my uh, my footing on, on working with WordPress as a platform. And then I, I want to say it was maybe at the 2013 WordCamp San Francisco, this is before there was a WordCamp US, um, I met Morton in person and I was probably like, you know, imagine you meeting your favorite uh, musician or rock star or whatever. And that's, I, I kind of was, a li- I didn't throw my bra at Morton, but <laughs> I did, I did <laughs> fangirl a little bit. Yeah. You can edit that out if needed. Um, if you're cool with it, so, I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
uh, it was not too long after that where Morton actually suggested that I uh, submit a, a, an, or an interview or whatever you call it. I don't remember what it's called at this point in time. But anyways, he, he introduced me to uh, someone and I ended up, you know, going through the application process and, uh, and now I am teaching WordPress on that platform and I absolutely love it um, from the standpoint of uh, the student becomes the teacher and I hope that that's really encouraging to anyone that's listening. And, you know, if you're learning from other people or growing from other people, there's, you know, you, the roles, you may very well be in that position uh, someday to step into the uh, the teacher's shoes. So, yeah. Yeah. I, oh man, I can't echo that enough. I, I remember um, I have a similar story on the book side of things when I met uh, Dan Cederholm. Uh, and I basically, he, you know, he wrote of simple bits. He wrote um, Bulletproof Web Design and Handcrafted CSS. And I was like, I said to him, I'm like, you're like the reason that I'm any remote, like remotely good at CSS. Um, and someone a few years ago told me like my book was the reason that they're into WordPress now. Uh, and it's just like wild. I'm like, no, no, no. I read people's books to get better. Like nobody reads my books to get better. So, (laughs) um, yeah, if you, if you love learning and you love teaching, I mean, it, it, it really is kind of student become the teacher stuff. I love it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so Morton did something similar with me. Um, where at, at WordCamp US, I don't think it was Philly. What was after Philly? Was that Nashville? Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he introduced me to, uh, Steph mm-hmm. who had since, who has since moved to a different area of LinkedIn. Um, great. Another but, great human. Another great human. Yes. There are, there are, I mean, everybody we've met. So, uh, so first of all, uh, I'll link to Tracy's episode. I'll link to, Uh, I interviewed Morton about just kind of like teaching and philosophy and stuff like that. Um, Very Morton topic. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we might've touched on, uh, so this was like before the mass polarization of everything, but he and I sit on kind of very different ends of the political spectrum, but we had a, a good discussion about stuff like that too. So uh, always, um, always a good conversation with Morton. He's very thoughtful and, uh, and, sees things, you know, in, in a, in a different light. It's always good for perspective Absolutely. purposes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so we kind of got our start the same way, uh, nearly exactly the same way. Um, and since then we've, we've both, cre- you're creating primarily WordPress courses. Yes. I think I've only done a couple of courses that were just front end web development and not specific to WordPress. Gotcha. Cool. Um, yeah, that's, it's, I've, I've like a mixed bag a little bit. Um, cause you know, I was very concerned about like, I don't want to step on anybody's toes or like take anything away from anybody. Um, and then Tracy found out that like, I'm a pretty heavy PHP developer and he's like, let's give you a bunch of PHP courses. And I'm like, great. Yeah, let's do it. Like whatever you, whatever you want me to create, I'll create and it'll be fun. And I love it. Um, and and the thing I love about it, right, is like the because t- we've both also created courses. You've created courses on your own, right? Yes. And uh, that is l- less fun, <laughs> less fun, <laughs> which is weird, right? Because like there's not the whole team aspect of it, right? You talk to 
your content manager and your producer. And like my first producer was Pat Stevens, who's like another great human. Good job, LinkedIn, hiring great humans. They do. Excellent, excellent (laughs) culture. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. What can you do with more hours? Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers. They're all taking precious time away from you. With Text Expander, you can take it back and focus on what matters most. In 2021, Text Expander saved me 34 typing hours. That doesn't even include the collective hours I would have spent looking for responses, links, resources, code, and anything else I type regularly. Talk about creating more efficiently. You will never need to copy paste repetitive responses again. With Text Expander, your knowledge will always be at your fingertips with a quick search or abbreviation. Text Expander is available on all platforms and show listeners get 20% off. Take back your time today at textexpander.com slash podcast. So when it's just you, it's like it's all you and then you do the editing or whatever. You pay somebody to edit. and Right. Like, yeah, yeah there's the, none of yeah. that team support and with with LinkedIn, you know, where as you know, like we create, we write the material and then we present it. But other than that, like it's somebody, it goes to somebody else produces it. Somebody else is worrying about uh, the minutia of the slide transitions and, um, you know, how, how things are, you know, it goes to somebody else to put the polish on it. And, um, yeah, the whole self-publishing courses, not only do you have to do all the technical work related to actually producing the course, but then you have to create the platform for it. And in this case, as we're both WordPress developers, maybe that's kind of part of the fun too, is building a site and and working with an LMS and figuring out all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's a whole ball of wax. And I've had people ask me in the past, like, is it better, do you make more money if you self-publish or if you go through a platform where they, you know, p- pay you a percent or whatever? And I'm like, well, um, it, it depends who you are and if you love marketing and if you want to get your hustle to get your your site and your courses out in front of people. But um, it's, a, it's a slog. Um, so go in the route of working with a, with a team and a platform, even though they're taking the... Um, the majority of, of the pay, it's worth it to uh, just come in and, and be a specialist and not have to be the generalist doing the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. And and the nice thing about LinkedIn Learning versus some of these other platforms, right, is you really are just the content person, right? And, and since they started as a book publisher, uh, their agreements are look very similar to, to book contracts, right? Where you get an advance. So you get paid up front to do some of the work that advance is paid against royalties and they pay you royalties. And so if you do a number of courses and they're good courses and people take them, then this, this could be some predictable revenue for you in the near future. And and that's, I mean, that's been a lifesaver some months for me where it's like slow or, or, or whatever. Um, it's just, it's, you know, versus something like, well, I always, I always drag Udemy through the mud because they're terrible and they deserve to be. But um, Skillshare is another one that maybe is a little nicer. Um, but you still have to do everything. 
and then they take 70% or whatever, right? Like they still take a, well, maybe you get 70%. I don't think you do though. I, I think you, you get less than you do. You still do a majority of the work, but then you don't get a majority of the pay. Right. Um, whereas with LinkedIn, like you do, a, it is a lot of work, but um, I feel like, at least for me, it's like my favorite. It's my favorite work in creating the course. Yeah, I I, I agree. So, uh, so awesome. So, um, so you've been doing this for seven years. So you probably have many courses on 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 the platform, right? I do. I have. I don't know how many courses. I've lost count of how many courses I've recorded and then re-recorded because that's part of the deal too. Is you know keeping yeah. courses up to date, and especially with. Uh, something like WordPress, where things are ever changing. Um, you know, you're always going back and updating courses to make sure they're um, still relevant. Um, so I, you know, I don't. There's the does a re-record still count as another course record? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. But alas, yes, I've done dozens of of courses at at this point, and um, kind of have like have got the system down. Uh, doesn't mean it's less work to actually write the content and all that, but um, having a system to use, and I found that system has actually served me well and uh, just as a consultant of being how how you present information, how you structure the delivery, um, how you plan a, a presentation for or a, or a talk for a conference, whatever. Um, it's really, I've learned a lot just being in the role of uh, the role of instructor has helped me kind of dial in my communication when it comes to uh, presenting information. Yeah. You know, that's such a great point, right? Because uh, you get to create these great courses for a, a, a platform of, you know, I, I, I get these notifications that like a hundred thousand people have taken this course and I'm like, wow, like that's a lot of people that you can affect. Um but also my my independent course creating process has improved, right? I have a spreadsheet that looks suspiciously similar to the, <laughs> the one that they provide for us. Um, and, uh, and through LinkedIn Learning, I decided to hire a video editor, right? Because I was like, you know, why am I editing my own videos when I kind of like hate it? Um when I could send it off to somebody who is more skilled at that, then I can focus on the content and promoting the content. And so my process for creating my own courses, as well as like you said, um, just presenting information has, has improved a lot uh, just by being a LinkedIn learning instructor. Um, and so I don't know how your calls go, but I get together with my, um, my content manager, uh, shout out to Amelia. Um, she, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, well, I'm sure it's okay. I don't know. Maybe I should ask her. Can I like name you on the show? Um, <laughs> Too late. It's done. We've outed you as being another done. awesome person at LinkedIn, Amelia. Yep. Another awesome person. You know, I'll chat with her. Uh, we'll probably get on a call every like six weeks or so. Um, just to be like, Hey, where are we at? It's proposal time again. What ideas do you have? Here's what we want. Um, and I, I love those planning sessions. So is it, you know, is it similar for you or, or is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's collaborative. 
Um, so there are sometimes we'll, I'll, I'll bring topics to the table and other times um, where we'll talk about, okay, are there, are there gaps in the existing library content? Are there gaps that need to be filled in? Um, or are there courses that are a little bit long in the tooth that we can take a look at breathing some fresh life into? Um, so yeah, I have, I have very similar conversations uh, with Amelia and the, con- Tracy and other content managers, managers before her. Um, yeah, so inter- interesting to hear. It's, it sounds like it's similar. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like you said, it's collaborative. Sometimes they'll bring ideas. I always ask, like, is there something that the library needs that it's lacking? Because, um, you know, I, I, I have a bunch of my own ideas, but I prefer, like, if they, if they know that someone's searching for something and it's not there, I'm like, yeah, I want, I want to do that right. because I know people will take it. Right. They've got the insights into what learners are actually coming to the platform for. So right. I'm certainly, uh, while I don't mind bringing my own ideas to the table, I'd certainly rather know. Um, I mean, it just seems a, a no-brainer if they've already got a, a built-in audience looking for a, a specific topic. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, I feel like it's usually a pretty good split. You know, I'm working on one right now um, called PHP for Non-Programmers. Um, that was definitely their idea. Um, and I was like a little bit concerned, like, how do I differentiate this from my learning PHP course? And then I was like, right, I need to assume that people have like never told a computer what to do basically. And so it's really fun, like looking at the course in that light. But then, uh, you know, I just launched a course called like, um, something, something gravity forms, right? It's like a, like a full blown gravity forms course, um, where like we write code in it too and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it was fun. I was a little worried cause I know Patrick has like the forms course. Um, but I was like, this is like a deep dive into one popular form builder, I think. Um, and so when you come up with ideas, how do you come up with ideas? Is it like stuff that you're doing that you're like, this would be a good course. Do you like search through the library? Like what's your process like? Yeah, it's a, it's kind of both of those things. I'll go kind of hunting through the library to see what's there. And then also, maybe not necessarily something I'm working on, but but a topic that, uh, now this may sound shocking to your, to your listeners, uh, a topic that I want to learn more about um, and, you know, dig deeper in. And that's part of the fun of teaching, of course, is, of course, you've got to go learn learn it deeply enough to I feel like if I say learn deeply, I immediately think of JavaScript and Matt Mullenweg. I know. Yeah. yeah. I'll need to yeah. see a therapist about that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> in order to, to uh, be competent in teaching something, you obviously have to learn the material. So that's part of the fun too, is kind of getting to do uh, research and see what's out there, see what, um, what people are using these days in terms of their favorite products in the WordPress ecosystem. I had uh, started a series on um, uh, WooCommerce and, well, I haven't, I don't know if I can share what's coming down the pipeline. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) It's actually funny you mentioned that because I didn't think we were uh, allowed to, but then I like actually read through one of like Amelia's kickoff emails recently. And it's like, definitely tell people what you're working on. Like, we just can't say dates, I guess. Uh, and I was like, wow, I'm glad I read this. Right. Cause, right. Uh, cause I, I feel like, you know, in the before time, it was more like kind of, you can hint at what you're, don't give away titles or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But, I still am not sure yeah. if titles are supposed to 
uh, yeah, I don't know. I always kind of yeah. err on the stiff costume with that, but yeah, um, yeah. So some courses around e-commerce and and LMSs, and um, that's fun Ooh. for me to kind of dig into, and um, and then, but you know, this I, we may talk about this later. I'm not sure, um, but some of the courses that have been the most fun for me or the, or the ones that were really kind of passion courses, um, have kind of been bombs, generally speaking. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't mind. That just goes to show my ideas are not always good ideas. Yeah. And you know what? We are going to talk about that and build something more. So if you want ad free, extended episodes of how I built it, like the one that Carrie and I are going to have later where we talk about uh, our favorite courses and then the courses that we we liked but were duds. Um, you can become a member of the Creator Crew for 50 bucks a year. That's less than five bucks a month uh, over at the show notes page, howibuilt.it slash uh, 268. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely talk about that more later, but I feel the same way. I've also, <laughs> I've gotten into a topic I thought I knew pretty well. Um, very recently, actually, like the CMB2 course that I launched that's out right now. Um, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. And then I'm like going through the docs and I'm like, I kind of assumed that this was updated more recently than like 2015 (laughs) (laughs) or 2017, maybe like there's like some commentary about, oh yes, we know that Gutenberg is coming. And I'm like, oh man. So like I had to rework some of the course during recording because like there was like building a block and I just, I guess I assumed that you could do it with CMB too. And I don't know if it like, didn't make it into the final version, but I was like, oh man, I'm like in the thick of this. <laughs> it's too late to stop now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, but like, that's definitely one that's like kind of a dud. I'm like looking at my earnings report now and it's, uh, I liked it cause I like CMB too. And it was nice to like refresh myself on that. But you know, I'm like my ACF course is a lot better. Well, you look at, you uh, know, a lot more well-received. We'll say. <laughs> right. And I don't know these numbers off the top of my head at all, but, uh, you know, what's the user base of advanced custom fields versus CMB2 and, right. you know, how those courses perform may be a reflection of, uh, kind of percent market share that, that each of those products has. That's again, I guess, cause I don't know those numbers, but speculation. It's, yeah, it's reasonable to assume, right? Especially because like ACF has like a front end component to it. Um, and I feel like the developer developers who are getting into CMB2 um, probably are just consulting the docs or have been using it for a long time at this point. Like, you know, it's not new. It's actually very old um, as far as like WordPress goes. Right, right. Um so, you know, maybe that was it. I thought, I felt like that was a good gap in the LinkedIn library to fill. If for no other reason than to maybe point people to my ACF course, you know, like <laughs> if you want something newer. Hey, this one's pretty much a POS, but uh, I've got this yeah. course over here. I, I like that promotion <laughs> method, Joe. I- <laughs> uh, you know, I got to tell you, I stole it from Morton, right? Because I did, I did an updated version of his WordPress workflows course. 
And I was, so I was going through his course and I'm like, this is brilliant. Cause it's just like, here's like surface level stuff in WordPress. If you want to learn more, check out my course that goes deep on this topic. And I'm like, this is like a switch station to get people to take even more of your courses. And it's, <laughs> and it's I know brilliant. And it's, but that is also a very popular course. A lot of people like taking that. Um, cause it, I mean, it lays things out pretty clearly. Um, so when you come up with your ideas, uh, do you have like a text file, like a note doc that you just write them in? Or is it like a meeting with Amelia? I need like 10 ideas. Uh, it's, I'm not very organized about it. It's usually just a couple of ideas floating around in my head that may live on a post-it mm-hmm. note. <laughs> gotcha. This this is where I'm like, I don't want to say I'm a freak because I think I maybe this is the most type A thing about me. I'll say I have, uh, I guess I can't, it doesn't make any sense to share screens on a podcast, but I have a uh, document in my notes app called craft where I have uh, a section that's called current production schedule, LinkedIn learning resources, right? Anything that like Amelia or my producers have sent me. Um, Currently in development, and that's one course. On deck, any courses that have been approved proposal-wise. And then I have an ideas section broken down into like types of courses and then a section called shipped. Nice. Um, So I I can go to this doc and I can be like, oh yes, here are the ideas I came up with. Uh, And then I'm like, oh, this one definitely was like a fever dream idea because it's terrible but like it's all there uh and then when i'm when i come up on these meetings i like pick like my favorite five um that i think are pretty good nice uh, or timely right like wordpress right. 6.0 is coming out soon and so i know like we'll probably have some updates to one of i think the i think we'll probably want to update the workflows course at that point because theme development is changing and i think like patrick do you have a theme course how to make a wordpress theme um i did at one point in time uh, but it was specific to the genesis framework and that mm. one is uh, uh, i think since retired gotcha um and i think patrick rowland has a how to make a child theme course out there um but you also you were like a pretty early adopter on the block stuff, right? Or full site editing maybe? Yeah, actually, which I'm glad you brought that up because this is one thing I liked about LinkedIn. Um, I had a, a a first look, I'm putting air quotes around that. Uh, yeah. A first look at full site editing. And that's a course that I, will, I won't ever make a, any royalties off of that course uh, just because the shelf life is so, so limited on it. Yeah. Um, but I still appreciated that they uh, green greenlit that course um, to introduce it because you know that's the way things are being done with the block editor and the move towards full site editing. While while you know complete adoption is uh, or let's say availability in WordPress and adoption are two totally separate things. Um, so while it may be a while before people fully embrace it, uh, I enjoyed that was another one that I was like oh my gosh I get to dig deep and and learn about these things and then present it um and it still holds up as a brief I mean as a uh which I'm gonna call it the the ideas still hold up but so that's probably been out there a year and so much has changed um that yeah like I said the the shelf life on that is pretty short yeah you know I did a first look course for PHP 7.4 And that was like shortly before 8.0, not shortly, but 
sooner than I expected. Like my LinkedIn, my learning PHP course dropped. And then I think like a month later, like 8.0 came out. And I was like, when, how did this happen? Like, (laughs) I feel like I'm pretty connected to these release dates and all of a sudden it's out. Okay. This was a fun one. Um, I, so I do the wordpress.com essential training course, um, which I've just published or released what I think is maybe the third revision to the course. And talk about a moving target, Joe. I remember the first time I was recording that course, being in the booth. This was right around the time of any old schoolers out there remember Calypso. Um, um, Calypso was rolling into WordPress.com and things changed. Like I would record a movie and the next day that screen would look different on Press.com. I was like, Oh, oh my gosh, like this is, it's outdated before I can even finish recording the course. And it made me so irritated. Um, and anyways, so the, the, the last revision of this course came out um, just two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago. And like between me recording the course and the course's release, WordPress.com completely overhauled their pricing structure. Um, and just went to like a, a free plan and a pro plan where they had been at five plans. And I'm like, oh, criminy. This part is already, so I was, you know, immediately on the horn with, uh, with my producer and was like, okay, what do we, you know, do we just leave this be for a little while or do we try to go for a, uh, go ahead and get another revision out the door? And yeah, so it's, it's, and I've, you know, our friend Sean Hesketh over at WP 101 and, uh, one-on-one videos has, uh, I know, been in that same boat on many occasions of you try to get something out the door that's up to date. And by the time you create it, it's already a little outdated. It's a, a frustrating phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. Sean's ardent dedication to making sure things is up to date is, I think, unmatched. I will. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll go with unmatched. But it has become really hard, right? Because like WordPress changed their release schedule to like, ah, we'll do it whenever. Right. <laughs> um, which is so frustrating. Uh, I mean, we could talk about that in a different, in a different time. Right. Uh, that's, that's frustrating a, to that's product developers yeah. to uh, not, I mean, not just educators. That's frustrating. To right. Everyone. Yeah. To developers and users and, and people in the enterprise, like, you know, you need a, you need a, a predictable timeline in the enterprise. Otherwise you're not going to see any adoption. Like, so, right, right, yeah. Anyway, um, so you you have your ideas. We won't rehash the whole process again. I walked through that with Tracy um, in our episode, but let's uh, let's jump to your process for writing scripts. Uh, what does that look like? Do you like sit down, and, like bang them all out in like a couple of days? Um, do you write like five a day for five days or t- <laughs> ten days or whatever? Oh, scripting. Um, So I am not the kind of person that can just look at some bullet points and riff. If I do that, it's filled with uhs and ums and my logic is circular and (laughs) and meandering. Um, So when I script, I literally script out every single word. Um, See, there's an um because I'm not scripted for this for this particular <laughs> for this interview. Sorry, Joe. 
so no worries. <laughs> I actually do my uh, one course. I just do one giant long Google Doc uh, that flows, and I'll uh, again if I could. I can't screen share because it's a podcast, but uh, basically break it up into chapters and lessons, and then I'll put in breaks like highlighted breaks for, okay, here's where I'm going to switch a slide or here's where I'm going to show this particular URL. Um, So I know that a lot of people, and I'm curious to hear how you do it, will do um, uh, sort of a, like a multi-column script approach where your, Mm -hmm. your, your script or your narration is in one column and then your on-screen action is in, uh, another column, um, and I've done that too for some projects, but for courses I've found uh, just doing like the straight top to bottom flow uh, is, is what works for me. Yeah, so I, I, I use their provided template, um, but I find usually what I'm writing in, so 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 the listeners can get kind of an idea of what they're looking at, right? The top of this document has like all the pertinent course information, the name of the course, the video number, the title, and then the objective, right? The objective is really important uh, because we want to know what the learner is going to get from this specific video. And then, yeah, there's a two column table where the left side is the script, the narration words, and the right side is the actions, right? The screen actions that you're taking. And sometimes, right, you kind of need that. Okay, like show this part of the screen or zoom in, right? Because then our our editors will ultimately have a better idea of what we had in mind for when we were recording. Because we're just doing a straight screen recording. We're not zooming in on anything. Maybe we're moving our cursor. Try not to wiggle the cursor too much. That's like distracting and gross. Um, so, uh, so... But usually you and I are doing screencasts. So if I don't just have like the word slide in there, I'll either have the exact code I want to write, which makes the, the scripts look terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or I'll, I'll just put the words actions match narration, right? Because if it's like, go here and click this and then do that. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's I'm not going to rewrite that in the action section. And so... I will, I script, I usually don't script my own courses, but I'll script the LinkedIn learning ones because um, I want to make sure that what I'm doing is accurate and, and I understand like it's a long course, a lot's happening and somebody else is editing it. And so I want to make sure what I expect is happening will actually happen. And that scripting process saved me, right, from the from the CMB2 kerfuffle right, from right. earlier. So I, I was able to kind of rework the TOC on the fly. And that's another thing I appreciate about LinkedIn Learning, right, is like the, my TOCs always change from proposal to final. I don't know if yours do. A little bit. So that's a table of contents for the uninitiated. Uh, yes, um, yes. And... Yes, so that's part of before a course is even contracted, going through writing that TOC, um, and then like you mentioned, what the learning objective is for every single movie in the course. Um, and when I get into the throes of course creation, um, I'll be like, ah, you know what this this information I'm giving some information in this movie or I want to talk about something in this movie that I haven't referenced yet. So I need to switch the order 
uh, so to introduce this other topic, or sometimes I'm like, you know what, that like that's just stupid. I don't need a lesson for that. Or oh, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, I need to add one. It usually comes out plus or minus. I'll say two movies because I may take a couple out, yeah. add a couple in, something like that. It's not it's usually not too far off the original, but but definitely not. It definitely evolves. Yeah, that's that's exactly same here, right? Because once you get into, first of all. Well, you know, I, I don't know about you, but usually the proposal and the TOC are created a couple of months before we actually record. And so, as you mentioned, we're in a field where things change quickly, right? So, uh, you know, again, with my ACF course, I recorded uh, something that became a premium feature like the day <laughs> I was going to record it in the booth. And I was like, wow, good thing this happened today and not like tomorrow or whatever. But you know, I think they switched the create your own blocks to a premium feature. Ah. And in the script, I was like, this is free. Isn't that wild? <laughs> uh, strike through as of today. Just kidding. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I just did that uh, with the current course I'm working on. I'm working on a script and like, before I talk about variables, I talk about accepting input. And I'm like, why am I talking about accepting input when I'm not telling people like where to store it? Right. So I'm like, just move that down, move these up. Again, it, it it flows better, and it's it's nice that it's not so rigid that you know the your content or your producers like why did this can't have changed like <laughs> why did this change right right this episode is brought to you by Learn Dash. Look, I've been making courses for a long time. I've taught at the college level and I've created curriculums for several different organizations, including Udemy, Sessions College, and LinkedIn Learning. When I create my own courses, there's no better option than LearnDash. LearnDash combines cutting edge e-learning tools with WordPress. They're trusted to power learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, and creators worldwide. What makes LearnDash so great is it was created by and is run by people who deeply understand online learning and adds features that are truly helpful for independent course creators. I love the user experience. And now you can import Vimeo and YouTube playlists and have a course created automatically in seconds. I trust LearnDash to run my courses and membership, and you should too. Learn more at howibuilt.it slash LearnDash. So you, you're working from a, a long script. I am bad at, I think I have the opposite problem of you. I'm, I'm really bad at reading things verbatim off of a page. Um, and so like, I don't, I never use a teleprompter, for example, cause I'm very bad at that. And so I'll usually have my iPad up mounted while I'm recording, uh, so that I can reference what I want to say, but I'm not, or like typing the code again, verbatim from that script. But I, again, I'm, I'm, I don't, I can't read it for, I'm not reading it verbatim, uh, that it would be very slow and I think annoying for, for, for <laughs> learners. Uh, yeah, it's just, and I'm pretty sure that Morton doesn't do a verbatim script either. So I think it's just what works for the, yeah. uh, you know, by whatever your individual style is. And it, part of the, what I oddly enjoy about scripting is that to script something that you're going to read verbatim, you have to script it. You don't script it like you're writing a formal document. You script it like you're actually speaking because that's how it's going to be delivered. 
Um, so, you know, so, like if you were to go through and read my script, you might be like, ooh, like that's kind of, you know, kind of gnarly. But I'm like, okay, well, that's how I wouldn't say. From here, you go click the settings and go to tools. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it would sound wooden if I, you know, wrote it like a, a book or a blog post or whatnot. So yeah, uh, that's kind of part of the fun challenge for me. Yeah. I mean, like punctuation too. We've both, you mentioned our friend Sean Hesketh. We've both worked with him. Um, you know, we've had clients and I've had clients since where they'll either want to write the script or review the script and they correct it for like grammar. Right, right. And so you got to have the conversation that's like, look, I understand that like if you're putting, if you're making this a blog post, like absolutely those changes are right. But I'm reading and so I know to pause here, I need to add a semicolon, right? Like I add a semicolon or or M dash or whatever so that I know just take a quick beat here. Let that last point land before you move on to the next thing. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. It's two, two different styles to be sure. Yeah. And, and uh, again, kind of talking different styles, right? Um, With LinkedIn learning, at least for me, right? I'm, I'm recording the voiceover and the screen actions at the same time. Um, I don't know if you do it differently. I don't know if their process uh, accepts kind of different approaches. No, I'm, I'm doing the same. Um, But I have had like when working with Sean and then some, some other projects where uh, those two things are recorded separately. So first you record all your on-screen action and then you go back over and do a narration. And I personally find that much harder. (laughs) It's tough, right? I'm, I'm doing that for some client work now because they wrote the scripts. uh, And so I'm less familiar with the actual product than I would be. So I record the voiceover first. And then what I'll do, this is a handy trick that our friend Sean taught me. Um, I will record screen actions kind of slowly um, with very deliberate mouse movements that allow me to sync those up in the edit. Uh, and what and what Sean does too, I don't know if I'm giving away one of Sean's trade secrets here, um, is, but when we were doing work for, for 101 videos, we actually had a separate track that was the cursor track. Ah, yes. And then we would animate that. And that made for very smooth. Oh, it's uh, so much cleaner. Yeah, it, yeah it's really clean. It ta- I mean, but you pay for that. Like you, right. because it takes a long time in the right. edit to do that. The, yes, for anyone who has never edited video, I, you could say the same for audio, but definitely video. Uh, it is a labor of love. It is incredibly time consuming. You're like, oh my gosh, how many minutes or hours? do I have to spend to get like one polished minute of content? Uh, and it, it's crazy. I don't, have you ever done the calculation of, uh, for your LinkedIn courses, like how much time it t- inspiration for your finished minute? I've figured that a day of recording gets me about an hour and a half of finished course material. Oh, wow. You're fast. Yeah. It's probably really frustrating for the editors. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, so um, actually this is a a really good transition because I want to ask you about the day of recording stuff. I have small children at home. And so on the days I record, I have to be strategic. I go make sure they're at school or my wife goes to her dad's house or whatever. Um, But I have uh, like some movable panels and a green screen. So I kind of make my own booth here. Um, And then I also have a separate profile on my computer just for LinkedIn Learning 
that like hides all of the the dock stuff and the menu bar stuff. Um, but I don't allow myself to, and that's like a really big screen resolution or a really low screen resolution too. I don't allow myself to log out of that profile until I'm done recording and everything's uploaded. Wow. That's hardcore. So, yeah. So like I, it's, I'm very incentivized to record in a short amount of time. Right. And like, and so I've, I've kind of figured for every hour and a half of finished content, um, it'll take me about from like 10 a.m. to like 8 p.m., 9 p.m. <laughs> you shouldn't record that long. Uh, <laughs> now your voice starts to get a little scratchy then. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, usually I'll record a course over one or two days um, for that reason. So, but what's your what's your process like? Uh, I also have a separate user account just for coursework. Like you said, it kind of sanitizes everything, removes all the doohickey icons and whatnot, and is it a lower resolution? Um, and I that makes some things so much easier because then I don't have to worry about if my screen settings are, if this is correct or what, like it's just that whole profile is dedicated to using it for courses. Um, which, you know, when we were able to record in the booths pre COVID, that wasn't a problem we had because we were working off a separate computer. So I'll, I'll do the same. And I do have, so I live in an apartment, um, that's sort of sandwiched between a fire department and a police department. Wow. You're like a scene in The Departed. (laughs) (laughs) Like to find, and there's just, I've just did a, submitted a sound check yesterday and I got feedback that, oh, because can she move to a quieter space? And I'm like, I wish I could. It's it's really frustrating because it'll, it'll interrupt the process of recording that, you know, I'm going, I'm in the flow. And then all of a sudden a helicopter is hovering over my building or something. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to wait this out. So I just pause on the recording, let the editors know, hey, here's helicopter room tone. Or, hey, here's fire truck (laughs) room tone. Here's dog barking room tone. Yeah. Um, So it takes me a lot longer uh, just to, accounting for environmental factors just increases the amount, total of recording time. Um, because I just can't control those things. Um, another reason why I'm so ready to get back in uh, the recording booth. I don't know what's taking so long. <laughs> uh, I I love the booth. So real quick, uh, again, I'll have my, for the uninitiated moment, uh, room tone is generally when you just turn your mic on, you don't say anything. You record about 30 seconds of that so that our editors, if they need to cut out a part um, well, first of all, they can use it to like figure out like what like the low hum noise in is, is and edit that out. But also if they're cutting a, p- a part of narration, um, it's very obvious if you cut out the audio, but not the video in that part. So they can just throw the room tone in there. So it's a, like a more consistent sound, um, which is super neat. And again, that's another thing that I stole from my own process. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the... I, again, I put like painstaking effort into my setup. I have a super good, they don't, they don't make me use their microphone because my stuff sounds really really good. I'm actually, I don't know if you recognize my headset. That's theirs. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So they don't, you know, they're, they don't make me use it. And it's, uh, this was like a little bit of a big deal because my mic is not attached to my face. They like to use the, the pre two because 
it's a it's a headset microphone. So if you move your head, you get consistent sound. Right. Um, but I've kind of the way I arrange my desk and my arms when I'm typing, it's like really hard for me to move my head and and my mm. mic. So it's pretty fixed. Um and then I have a, a decent like compressor on there that keeps everything around the same volume anyway. Oh, nice. Um so yeah, so I, I maybe that's one of the reasons I'm so fast is even with the environmental noise. Uh, you know, I have like an egress window, but I put like acoustic foam mm. in it when I'm mm-hmm. recording. Um and and so there's not too many there aren't too many interruptions, you know, if I mean, if they happen to be mowing the lawn, <laughs> but usually they're doing that earlier in the morning or at dinner time. So I'm I'm usually not recording. Um that said, I love it's like a vacation. It is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, I don't know how much time we're running up on, but but I've just- well we'll make this kind of the last okay. the last bit. I really wanted to get your your perspective on recording and ideas and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So I'm going to share with everybody that's listening. So the the sound booths for LinkedIn Learning are located in Carpentria, California, which is just sits just slightly south of uh, Santa Barbara, kind of between LA and Santa Barbara. It's this beautiful little coastal town. It's tiny, like the sidewalks roll up at 8.30 p.m. or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they LinkedIn has this really lovely state-of-the-art campus there. And in it, there are individual sound booths um, where you can go in. It's fully padded. The walls are padded. So if it's a frustrating week of recording, you can you know feel free to bounce yourself off, off those walls. Um, (laughs) um, and then the food, oh my gosh, they, every morning they have this thing called pixel cafe. You go in, they have breakfast ready for you. They also provide lunch. And then this is my favorite part. I mean, this is where my inner child just takes tremendous delight in the little kitchen area of, of the building where the recording booths are. And Joe, I know you know this. There's I know. a free vending machine where I can reach in and grab my uh, <sighs> my iced coffee or a Red Bull or a fizzy water. Um, I can get a little pack of gummy bears or uh, whatever kind of. It's like the good gummy bears too. Yes, yeah. it's the Haribos. Yeah. It's the yeah, yeah. no yeah. No store brand. Yeah, no dollar store crap. No, right? no. <laughs> this is, so you know. So while you're in the booth, they treat you incredibly well. While you're in the booth, you're getting to enjoy these little uh, snacks and treats. Um, and then when you're done for the day, like you said, it's vacation land. You go go out, go to the beach, uh, or just find a little cafe or something. And um, I've I have friends over the years that are like. They're like, when are you going to Carpentria next? Like, I'm coming with you. I am your professional traveling friend. And they're oh, like, oh awesome. my gosh, we just get, they like, you know, lay up in the holiday and all, all, all week or whatnot. So yeah, I don't, Yeah. what's your favorite part? Mm, I think for me, so first of all, I will stock up on some, I, I have, uh, I've since be, been diagnosed with type two diabetes, so I can't get the Haribos, but I get like, the keto movement has been amazing for this, ah, and I've lost yes. like forty pounds. So like, oh, that's amazing. Diabetes was like secretly the best thing that happened to me. Um, I don't want to make light of a terrible thing, but it's working out for me. Um, 
So, but they do have like sugar-free gummies that I can buy. So I like stock up on my own little snacks to keep down here. And oh, I have right an espresso on. down here. You know, really try to recreate the booth experience that you can. Right. Um, my favorite part, I think, is maybe this is because I'm fast. I don't know what time you knock off, uh, but um, the the guys that I've worked with in the booth that were Pat and then Matt Bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll always be like at two or three. They're like, you should probably go like, you know, I think you're starting to sound tired. Let's knock off for the day. Um, <laughs> and so like, I'm done at like 2.30. I go back to the hotel. I chill out in air conditioning. The Wi-Fi in the hotel, I don't know if you notice this, the Wi-Fi is not the best. Right. So I'm like, well, I, I can't get meaningful work done. So I'm just going to go walk around. I always have a bunch of cigars with me. I'll walk down to the beach uh, or I'll, I guess I'll drive to the beach. And then I'll I'll park kind of far away and walk around and just listen to a podcast, smoke a cigar. Ugh. I mean. It's so good. Can we please petition to open? You know, I was driving, um, I actually live uh, relatively, I'm in the LA area now. And uh, I was driving to Santa Barbara a couple of weekends ago and I stopped by the campus. It was like on a Friday, maybe around lunchtime to see what was going on, and it was crickets. I mean, there was nobody on campus. Mm. Um, so it, it might be a while before we get to return yeah. to our our dreams. We'll, we'll chat offline about All that. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't, you know, again, I have the great booth here, and I'm, I, I appreciate the flexibility because I, do, I don't like to leave my wife at home with three small kids for a long period of time. But, oh, it's like a vacation. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> it's like, it's because I mean, when you're in the booth, like it's work, but like, like you, the breakfast, they have like specialty coffee one day. Right. It's really like going, it feels like going to a resort, you know? <laughs> yeah. A resort where you are. I, I'm a little envious of your booth time. I usually get there about seven in the morning because at that point in time, I was coming from a central time zone. So I was always up early. Um, I mean, my body was just awake early. Um, so I'd always go in booth get a little prep work done and I've had some pretty monster booth days uh but you getting outside and just taking in the fresh air at the end of the day was always always kind of yeah. a treat see maybe this is just a testament to your abilities right like maybe like by two o'clock Pat and Matt were like God Joe's not even making any sense anymore let's just send him <laughs> home like we've got the time <laughs> oh Joe's messing up a lot. He should go sleep. <laughs> uh, well, there's always one day. It's usually Wednesday. So I'll usually go for like a, a I'll make this quick. Um, I'll usually go for a week to record a course and, or sometimes do two courses in a single week. And Wednesday tends to be my hit a wall day. Like I'll be, you know, I'm cranking out lesson after lesson, da, 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 da. And then I'll have a day where I only record like four lessons or something. And it's like, oh my gosh. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. And that's what my producer will be like, why, why, why don't you, why don't you take off? It'll, tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. We got, yeah, we got the, t- I know that's the editors for sure can tell when I'm recording at home and I hit that wall. Cause I'm like, well, I, I don't want the explicit, but I curse a lot in the recordings. And I'm like, sorry, I'm cursing so much. Uh, <laughs> but like, I just got to reset, you know, it's, 
but uh, it's so so great. Um, maybe we can maybe we could try to coordinate when the campus opens up again and we can meet up because they have like Shoot, the yeah right the instructor meetup uh, dinner situation is usually mm-hmm. Wednesday nights too, right? I think so. Yeah, when, yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday. Thursday, something like that. Yeah, so yeah, um, for sure. And then again, um, I know if you're listening. You just heard me and Carrie Dills go on like a, uh, I don't know, four minute, um, like pleasure cruise in our head. But we did. Thank you for taking us. Yeah, or for being on with us on that cruise. And it is work. It like it's hard work, but I, the people at LinkedIn Learning know that, and so they want to make the amenities or whatever you want to call them. Uh, they want to create the best environment for instructors to do their best work. Yes. So this is this isn't like some kitschy like Silicon Valley like play ping pong and live your whole life here. This is like you're gonna have a few grueling hours in this booth. Let's make it as easy on you as possible. Yes, and uh, the research. I don't know if you've seen this new research come out, Joe, uh, but shows that gummy bears increase productivity uh, by eight percent. So. Carrie Dills, uh, I, I know that Carrie Dills jokes a lot. I'm just going to assume that's real. Uh, I like that. <laughs> and I'm going to go pick up some gummy bears. Um, sugar-free. Ca- sugar-free, of course. Yeah. The keto one. I'm telling you, keto has been great for people with diabetes. Um, so Carrie Dills, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing your process with us. Um, maybe we'll have to do a part two. Like what, what do we do post-game? How do you recover? Um, <laughs> but we do have, uh, we've gone pretty long and we do have build something more to record where we're going to talk about our, uh, I wrote in the notes studs and duds. So we'll talk about the courses that we didn't expect to do super well, the courses that we thought we liked, but didn't do too well. You can uh, sign up for uh, the creator crew to get ad free extended episodes over at howibuilt.it slash two six eight. That's the episode number. Carrie Dills, if people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on the Twitters at C Dills, C-D-I-L-S, uh, or at Carrie Dills, just one L.com. Carrie Dills, just one L. Just one L is not part of the domain. It's just Carrie Dills.com. Right. Otherwise uh, that would, I mean, I think that domain is probably available, but it's a little bit long. It's a, yeah, it's a little, yeah. yeah Carrie Dills, just one L. Yeah, it's just. I can't get that on a business card. 877cashnow.com. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's really long. Um, 877cashnow, not a sponsor of this podcast. There you go. Uh, <laughs> boom, boom. And, and Haribo is also a sponsor. Joe is going to send you an invoice. Yeah. Uh, y'all, if you want a gummy bears, Haribo, reach out and, and we'll make it happen. Um, Carrie Dills, it's always such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Joe. Great to be here. All right. Thank you for listening. And thanks to our sponsors, Stellar WP, Text Expander, and Nexus. Like I said, if you want to learn more about them, if you want to learn more about Carrie Dills, or if you want to join Creator Crew, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash 268. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. 